Welcome back to Camro Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell, and today is episode 197 of the podcast, and I'm joined by Dylan Madden. Dylan is a self-made entrepreneur and a freelancer known online as Moneybag Madden. He went from humble beginnings as a broke country boy in the US to becoming a world-traveling freelancer with a stream of incomes, a network of amazing friends and business connections, and real freedom to live his life on his terms. In today's conversation, you can expect to learn the big drivers for making life-dating decisions and taking action, the early struggles that Dylan experienced in his journey, the strategies that helped him build a skill set up and achieve financial independence. You're going to hear some valuable insights on how anyone can make money as a freelancer online, winning your first clients, building your network and connecting with people who are going places and you can go places with them. I also ask about building up your businesses and how to effectively outsource and not take on too much yourself at all times. When it comes to building a business, client outreach and prospecting is vital. And we talk about how Dylan has done so via tools like Instagram and Twitter, and he shares his insight on how to build this up. It was so good to host Dylan, and we only scratched the surface on what there is to learn from him, his story, and his mindset. And I can promise you all, around two, later in the year, when I'm in Dubai, we're going to record in person. If you're new here, please make sure you're subscribed or following on whatever app you're listening on. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, please do hit the five-star rating button. It's a big, big help for the show, and it's helped us grow to that whole fun tagline that I've now got of the top 1% globally as a podcast. Last thing before we dive into this episode, I have posted this as a video episode on Spotify. So once the episode starts, you will see myself and Dylan. And of course, the full video of all my podcasts are on YouTube as well. So if you're more of a visual listener, you can check that out on Spotify or jump across to my YouTube channel by searching Cambro Conversations on YouTube. And final thing, I did say final, final, but this is the last one. Please make sure if you haven't already joined my email list and I'll be sharing in the coming weeks who my episode guest is going to be for episode 200 of the podcast as we close in on that milestone. The music is about to play and you're going to hear from myself and Mr. Dylan Madden. Dylan, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. And I want to go back to a post that I saw you share recently, and it was a before and after post. And in the before photo, you're you're overweight, you're sat with a huge plate of food in front of you, you're playing on your phone, you look a little bit lost, but your t-shirt says, wake up on it. Yeah. I want to go back. What was life like at that point in time? Yeah, and that moment in time, I, I was beginning to... I guess, adopt the mindset that I now have, except I've been on that self-improvement path for years. Uh, I just was, I wasn't quite sure of what path I should, I should take. So I was definitely lost. I, I was borderline miserable. I mean, I didn't have like a terrible existence, but I mean, you can just look at the way my body was. You can just assume probably what my thinking was at that time. Uh, and I didn't, I was like, I knew that there was, there was something quite not right with the way I was living. I knew I wanted more out of life. I knew I wanted to build a, make money outside of just a regular nine to five. Cause I, I tried my hand at various jobs. Uh, like I, I really wanted to be a corporate guy, but I was just like, man, the more I talk to these people, it's not, that's not the path I want. Like they're not actually living that good of a life on like on the inside. Uh, so funnily enough, that picture was just, randomly taken by a friend of mine it was actually we were talking before he before this he's gonna be moving here in august uh and he literally just took the picture i was like hey let, let's have a, a cool picture of me on the phone whatever so i can look like i'm a big business guy or whatever just hustling 
Yeah, just out of like for laughs and all that, because I, I was doing this thing called flipping back then as well, uh, where you, you just find products for free or for really cheap and you flip it for profit. It's a really easy way for anybody to make money with literally zero skill. Uh, but coincidentally, it's one of those pictures, like those iconic pictures from history where you look back and you're like, that is the perfect picture. So I was like unhappy. I was like 285 pounds, if not a little bit heavier in that picture. And I'm not super tall. I'm literally 5'9". So 285 pounds at 5'9". That's, that's terrible. Uh, so I was super overweight, unhappy. And then the shirt literally saying, wake up. Uh, so I've kind of adopted that with my overall branding is like, wake up now. Because it's not just like fat loss. It's anything and everything in life. A lot of us go through, especially in the beginning of our journey, and we're, we're kind of lost, in, but we're not really sure what to do. We're almost like in a, uh, we're asleep, for lack of better words. So whenever I say wake up now, it's like, wake up, like you're sleeping, stop going through life the way you are. Uh, but yeah, it was just that photo was random, but ended up turning into like an iconic photo because shortly after that, I actually did wake up. I got out of the shower and I saw my body in all of its glory. And I was like, oh gosh, and I was so embarrassed put a shirt back or put a shirt on, went to bed and basically just started taking the whole fitness thing a little bit more seriously, like actually educating myself on nutrition. Like during that time, it would be like completely normal for me to go to a restaurant and get fries, fried chicken, two or three diet, like Cokes and drink a, like some kind of milkshake. And back then that was like, Oh yeah, it's just dinner. And then as I started educating myself, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm literally poisoning my body. Uh, so, and then I started, I got on the ketogenic diet. I, I've tried anything and everything. I, I even did the starvation diet, which I don't recommend doing, uh, but I ended up dropping a ton of weight. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, that was really the beginning of this whole, like the path that took me to where I'm at now. This is probably when I took that picture, maybe 2017, 2018, something like that. Uh, so one of the interesting of, things about yeah. the photo though dylan is that you've just mentioned there that you were doing some sort of entrepreneurial venture that time yeah. in terms of flipping stuff so there was definitely an element of you being aware that you wanted to make money outside of the traditional system even mm -hmm. in those days where maybe the rest of your lifestyle wasn't reflecting the man that we're getting to speak to now yeah 100 percent. that's very well put i mean i was already and this is something i try to tell people like the person you are now it's like at, at your core is completely it's a winner it's it's good there's nothing wrong with who you are as an individual right now it's just the thought processes you have and the habits you have and the actions that you take like who i was in that picture i'm still the same personality whatever you want to call it inside the same self it's just i've adopted a much more effective way of viewing the world and moving through the world uh, so that that was actually very well put i've never heard anybody say it like that yeah, I, I certainly think it's it's always helpful, and I guess I've gotten better at it over time doing almost two hundred podcasts now. But I certainly think that when I when I see people's states and I see the the language they use around it, I feel observation is a really strong trait of mine. And you can see, and you, you you're joking that at the time you were like, "Oh, let's take a cool photo." There's a level of unhappiness there and unease. And if I look at how you stand now in your photos, if I look at how you present yourself now online, it's very purposeful. It's very yeah. confident. It's very aligned. Even your speech, and I'm sure we'll get on to how, how you've developed to become so articulate. It's so much more natural and in flow. Whereas, I guess if I got, if I spoke to Dylan from 2017, 2018, there'd be elements that would be awake and aware and knowing where they want to get to, but it would be nowhere near as fluent. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I mean, every this is something that's inspiring for me personally. Is like anything and everything you want to change in your life, you. You can retrain the way you think. It just 
for I mean, some people just pick it up instantly, but like I used to stutter and we can talk about this later in the podcast, but I used to stutter. I used to be that guy. If I literally was looking right at you, bro, I, I would talk to you and it was, it would be like, you heard what I was saying, but you weren't really quite sure. And you said, okay, whatever. And you go back to your day. And it's like little moments like that happening time and time again. I was like, what is, why is this happening? Why, whenever I talk to somebody, is it like, I didn't say anything. And so all these little things forced me to become more articulate whenever I speak to where I can communicate in an effective way. Uh, so for any of the viewers that are watching this, like there are things in your life right now that annoy you, frustrate you. And instead of taking that and being like, oh, I'm a loser or oh, making it self-defeating, be like, no, that's just data. Like that's data coming back from reality that I, I need to improve this. And if you just think about it, you can fix it. And I, that's what I did back then with that whole wake up shirt. Like I, like you were saying earlier, I was already hustling. I was trying to find ways to make money, but there are other areas in my life where I wasn't quite aligned and I was asleep. Uh, but yeah, bro, I mean, it really, something that really has helped me over the years, because for a long, long time, I was, I was very unhappy. And I use that as a driving force, which is fine to a, a certain degree. We're, I was talking about this with Darren, uh, but then at some point you need to flip it to where it's more of a positive driving force instead of seeing reality for what it was and take, making it, oh, yeah, I'm just a loser. Oh, I'm fat on oh, this, on oh, that. Instead, just saying, no, this is what reality is. So now let's come up with a solution. You don't have to take everything so personally and negatively. Yeah, uh, uh, th that personal word's an interesting one because I'm, I'm huge on personal responsibility and taking complete ownership for the situation in which you find yourself. But equally, the situation that you're in and how you're feeling and stuff like that, it's not necessarily you. Your 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 feelings and your thoughts are not necessarily def defining you, but mm -hmm. your actions thereafter certainly are. And I can yeah. see that from your journey along this path that you're now on. There's elements of, yeah, I'm, I'm unhappy at this point. I've been unhappy for a long period of time, but guess what? I can detach from that and I can yep. do these these steps and these methods to move me in the right direction. So I want to go back to around that period. I understand that you were flipping these products on, on Craigslist, I think was the, the kind of website of, uh, of choice in that space. Yep. But what steps are you taking to join some of the dots to the path that you're on now? Uh, so do you want me to get into the, like, the, the making money side or just everything? I think let's start with the making money, but I guess also the fitness side runs alongside that because yeah, yeah. obviously you're much leaner, much healthier now, yeah. and that kind of runs alongside. And I actually think that for a lot of people, fitness can be a gateway drug into self-development. And I've mm -hmm. done several podcasts um, kind of almost titled exactly that because I know that when I mastered my body and the habits around that i got better at selling in my corporate career i got better yeah. at speaking to people and following through on things because what you put in often comes out but yeah that spoiler alert for some of what we'll get on to but I, I'd, I'd love to hear what was happening between this kind of before photo and the and the after photo yeah so i mean on my end with making money it's funnily enough i actually focused on making money more than the fitness side and then it, that proved to me that anything i actually put my mind on and learned and followed step by step by step would then transition into fitness. And I, I still it need to- It works in reverse. I love it. Yeah, exactly. When I still need to get in better shape, because I, I still have this fallacy in my mind where I just prioritize work, making money, that type of stuff over fitness. So I, even I'm still fixing that. So I'm not perfect. Uh, but back then it was, I just wanted a way to be able to make money without a job. And like I I've still had the voice audio on my phone, uh, but there, I just, if I could just make $400 a week uh, and I could quit my job, and I could focus on other things. That was what my where my mind was back then. And thank God I've achieved much more than that. Uh, but it starts with you getting very specific on the outcome you want to achieve. For me, I was like 400 bucks a week. And to do that, it's quite simple flipping. I mean, if you're in 
let's say the UK, they use Gumtree, but in America, we use Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, et cetera. And it's very simple. It's, you don't need any skills because I didn't have any actual skills back then. All I had done is worked probably 12 different jobs by that point. So I, I didn't have any actual skills. That was just what I loved about flipping. Uh, but just the simple fact of me proving to myself that I could make money without a job, that gave me the confidence to then move forward into other thing, areas of my life, aka fitness. Like with fitness, I was like, okay, I need to educate myself on nutrition. I need to ed educate myself on certain workouts because I didn't, I like, cool, I, I can lift weights, I can do it, but like, why did certain people lift it this certain way? Their body looks better than this, this person. Uh, okay, well, my shoulder kind of hurts whenever I do this certain workout. How can I fix that? Like, just questioning reality and just proving, once again, through fitness that, okay, I can literally not only transform my bank account, I can transform my physique. Uh, and as long as you just stick and you stick to the goal and you have that discipline, you're, you're going to get that outcome. And so, I mean, the fitness and making money thing has been one in the same in my mind. Like it's literally just using your mind and willpowering whatever you want into existence. Uh, so yeah, right. It's kind of, it's funny. I talked to friends of mine that are into fitness. They're like, they're super lean, like perfect shape. They're like, bro, if I could just figure out the money thing, like you have, like what tips do you have? And I'm like, bro, the money thing is easy. I want to look like you. You've got like a six pack. You've got, you do like 30 pull-ups. I want to look like you. Like to me, that's hard. Uh, but it, it's just interesting how it, it can overlap. And a, a good friend of mine, uh, his first name's Alex. Can't remember his handle. But anyways, he really helped me from a fitness perspective because he helped me under look at it as like conversions and leads. And like, he's, I started viewing like calories in and all these different he things. He spoke your language. He spoke a language that you yes. had applied in another setting and you moved across and it, fitness in that is, is, is extremely relatable because like you mentioned earlier, it's all data. Yes. And if you then use the data to map out what the solutions might be to move forward, then it puts you in a fantastic position and an empowered position. Cause I think one of the biggest challenges we face in society is that kind of learned helplessness where we yeah. have no idea what's going on. We're just living on autopilot, doing, ticking the boxes, a phrase that I'm sure you've used many times, like in, in this kind of matrix world where we do not quite know what the next step is. And by even moving forward to a position where you have some data and something to analyze and use, you're better than 90% of the rest of the yep. world who are just plugged into this ever, ever moving forward grind zone. And the kind of people that choose to listen to a self-development podcast on a weekly basis, you're already opting out of the mundane existence of mm -hmm. Love Island and trash Netflix documentaries and junk food. Yep. Like you're, you're choosing to, to separate yourself. So you're already making a, a vote in the right direction. But alongside the flipping, I understand you were also doing a lot of like cleaning services as well. Was that one of your first like entrepreneurial businesses that you had? Yeah, so that was the first thing that I was able to make some pretty decent income doing. It was it was nothing fancy about it. But basically, I'd be this weirdo at like three in the morning. As you're leaving the pub, I would be out there with a bucket with a trash grabber, picking up trash, changing trash cans. And I, I randomly fell into that, actually. It was funny. I quit my job. This was back in, I want to say, 2016. And I was basically dead broke by this point. I had no idea because I thought in my mind I could just do Uber because I drove for Uber one time made like 75 bucks. And I was like, awesome. I can make money without a job. I put my two weeks notice in. And then where I'm from, this, it was, I don't know if you remember this, maybe it didn't happen where you're at, but in America, the taxi drivers and Uber super beefed. Uh, so it became noticeably harder to make money. Like I would literally have to work like a 12 hour shift for me to, to be able to make any 
decent income as an Uber driver. So I was like, okay, well, this isn't it now. So now I'm, I'm just lost. I was looking up at the ceiling and I ended up going to a grocery store and I had one of these moments where I had to decide between a pound of ground beef and like some water and all that and or a loaf of bread that would last me much longer. And I ended up deciding absolutely for the bread and the water because the bread, the water, the peanut butter and jelly, like I could live off that versus just getting the, the beef. And on my way home, I got this random call and it was from a guy that was essentially offering me to come in. It was in America, we call it a 1099. So it's like a contract. You're not. Yeah, you have to handle your own taxes. I don't know if you have that where you're from. Anyways, he was offering me to come in and take over those contracts. And I was like, sure, have nothing to lose. And I, when he said, OK, meet me tomorrow at three, I was like, oh, yeah, no problem. And I didn't believe him that it was like 480 a week because I was like 480 a week. I can make $480 a week. That's crazy. Uh, and he's like, oh, no, not like 3 p.m. It's 3 a.m. I need you. And I was like, OK, fine. Like, I'll just meet this random person because supposedly I posted on Craigslist to this guy saying, hey, yes, I'm interested in taking over these contracts. And I had no recollection of this. So I don't know if it was God or maybe I randomly actually did it. I don't know. Uh, so I met him the next morning at 3 a.m. in the parking lot. He showed me the ropes and he signed over the contracts to me for three big properties. So I was doing cleaning, which allowed me to be able to make some solid money. But I'll do 3 a.m. to usually around 11 a.m. every single day. So, well, not every, six days a week. And then in my free time, I, that's when I would do the flipping as well. And I mean, those two side incomes were good. In hindsight, I could have done it way better. I, I could have built it up even more. But it at that time, it was like anything I could do to, one, make myself so miserable that I could I had no other choice but to succeed. But also, for whatever reason, I had this fallacy in my mind of if I work a nine to five, there's no way that I'm going to succeed. I, I don't agree with that. In hindsight, I don't agree with it. But in that state of mind that I was in, which I was still 285 pounds at this time, I, I wasn't thinking straight. And I was like, if I have a job, I'm not going to take this stuff seriously. So I need to just work all this, do all these random things. So I did flipping and then I did the cleaning and that allowed me the time and the, the I guess the mental space to be able to take on some other things uh, like various internships. I helped with event management for people like Mike Cernovich and some other big names like that. And well, Mike Cernovich has now kind of made himself less popular intentionally. But back in the day, back in the ancient times, he was a really big deal. Uh, the so internet moves the, fast though dylan it really does like people yeah. people skyrocket and fall from grace very very quickly yeah well, on his end he did it intentionally because he, he was like ah, i don't know if i want this type of fame uh, but i before I, I ramble on essentially i in my thought process back then it was if i can just find any little way i can make money now without needing a job i can figure this whole thing out which led me to later freelancing i, I started doing i was writing blog posts for various blogs at the time, which blogs aren't really a thing anymore. I mean, they're around, but it, before Twitter and social media, blogs were the big thing. I, I miss those days, to be honest. Uh, but I was doing blog posts, uh, writing blog articles, writing sales pages. I was doing web design and just dabbling around. And a lot of people nowadays are scared to dabble. Like they're like, oh, I've got to pick this one thing. And like, no, you, you should dabble around. Like if I would have stuck to some of the initial things I was doing, I 100% would not be as successful as I am now because I just didn't. You'd likely have hit a ceiling, wouldn't you? Because yeah, exactly. It, I, I definitely understand that different industries have different ceilings, regardless yep. of how good you are within that industry. So you could be the absolute best in one particular field. Mm -hmm. but even if you were like, I don't know, say you're the top 1% in one field, but then you become the top 25% in the other, you might get paid more and earn more and be more fulfilled in the top 25% yep. than you are in the top 1% just by nature of the right. products you're involved with, the services you're involved with, and the capital within that space as well. And I think that's something that so many people need to 
acknowledge well and I, I applied that within, within my corporate career to scale my income really really well over the last couple of years as well which I think is maybe a story for for another day but you mentioned freelancing there in particular blog writing copywriting sales yeah. pages you shared with my friend Darren and I've, I've since seen you share some reels and um, posts around it as well that you were deemed or described as learning disabled during your school yeah. education how do you go from uh, a diagnosis or a, a term like that to somebody that is being paid to write fluently, to write clearly, to write words that sell things or build a connection with an audience or whatever the aim is of the copy? Oh, I definitely had a chip on my shoulder from all that. Like I, the story I shared with Darren was I was sitting in a, a room with all these other learning disabled kids. And I distinctly remember looking around like I am not like any of these kids. Like, what is going on here? Like, I, I'm not like this. Like, and I'm not saying they're weird, but you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I wasn't like them. And you so had more intellectual that, capability. And, and that's clear from the man that yeah. we see now. It's just really interesting. And a number of guests that I've had that were just completely isolated within the school system that have gone yeah. on to so many interesting things. And you wonder, I wonder if they tweaked some of the styles of the lessons or they tweaked the curriculum. Like how could they have unlocked the potential of this individual that I'm speaking to now to thousands of people yeah. that are learning from if the school system had been aligned to unlock i don't want to say their genius but their actual skill set yeah how much faster could they've got to where they've got to whereas you've gone on this really convoluted route <laughs> and think of all those years of compounding we could have got as a kid oh exactly bro i mean that that chip on my shoulder that i i've i, I don't really have as much today it's just, i mean it's i do but it's more healthy was that i'm not like that i and i'm annoyed i know that i have the potential in me and so it started making me question reality start questioning myself. How can I be better? How can I, why am I, why is it harder for me to understand this than that person who seems to just instantly understand? And it made me start, I guess, overcompensating, which ended up developing into almost like a superpower years later, especially as I started acquiring those skills. And also, I mean, even to this day, I'm the first one up, I'm the last one to go to bed. I, I will sit down and I will work 18 hours a day. Uh, so like going back to the whole, the money fitness thing, like one, once I lock into something, I'm, I'm, I'm hundred percent about it. Sometimes to the detriment, I guess, of the, the fitness side, but I'm fixing that. But because of those early days, I was just like, if I just focus 100% on this and I overwork, even if I have to sit here for 18 hours, I will figure this thing out. Uh, and I mean, that to answer your question is really the, the secret behind me getting from being learning disabled to now having people literally pay me to be able to write because I, I couldn't read. I could hardly write back then. I, to this day, I still kind of have some issues with like math and all of that, which, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect my actual reality. I uh, like, oh, cool. I can just use a calculator or something like that, or I can hire somebody. Uh, but it's not accepting like labels, like learning disabled and all that. And just realizing that regard, if you are, if you have a healthy mind and a, a healthy body, like there's nothing in this world that you can't figure out if you actually care enough. So it just made me care even more and overcompensate in some degrees for sure. Uh, but just, I mean, that's part of my work ethic to this day is those memories from way back when, and just understanding if I just try hard enough, I'll figure it out. What were some of the areas that you were putting your effort into then when it comes to improving your, your writing style? Because I know hard work is very important, but working mm -hmm. in a smart way is important as well. So exactly. lasting those 18 hour days is fantastic, but you do see people do busybody work. So maybe just constantly replying to emails or replying to DMs and that kind of stuff. And, and, and as the podcast is growing and I get feedback on episodes, 
I could spend lots of my time just replying to DMs from listeners. And I always, I set aside time to do that, but I don't just do it all the time because it'd be more viable for me to reach out to a new guest, to research a new guest, to learn about maybe upgrades I can make to my setup or my my question style or whatever I'm doing so I can iterate on the skill. So in the same way with your ability to, to read and write so skillfully now, if you just banged your head against a brick wall on a particular method and it hadn't worked, we wouldn't be in the place that we've got to. So I wonder what, what were some of the areas that you were working on, which has created the kind of st- the skill that you've got now? Yes. I mean, I definitely did my fair share of busy work and then you eventually get to the point where like, okay, obviously me checking my, e- my email a million times and me going through the DMS, me doing this, it doesn't actually help me. And that was years and years ago. Uh, so, I mean, the way I developed my writing was just writing, tons and tons of blog articles. I mean, at the end of the day, if I isolated that variable, it was me writing articles for myself. Then I also had some niche blogs and then writing articles for other people. And then I started learning how to edit and layer articles properly from a guy named Victor Pride. I learned how to do book publishing, like how to literally write up the books, set up Amazon pages, like like all these skills that actually matter. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, that was what I really started focusing on. And that's what has allowed me to develop this writing ability. It wasn't because people get annoyed sometimes. I'm like, Dylan, what what books did you read? I, I didn't really read any books. I, I read a couple, I think cash advertising, I read like 10 pages of, I've read a, a book by, I'm trying to remember, it's How to Write by some, some big, uh, oh, God, what is his name? It's going to bother me. Some he, he writes a bunch of horror books. Uh, but anyways, he wrote a book on how to write. And that book actually was semi-transformative. But most of my skill has been just through writing blog posts, uh, figuring out how to sell like via affiliate marketing through blog articles. Back in the day, it was called like niche blogs. And then learning how to write tweets, learning how to write threads, learning how to write emails, learning how to write sales pages, and just doing it hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. I mean, that at the end of the day, that's the only thing you can do is go out there and get actual experience. You can spend all day watching YouTube walkthroughs and reading blog posts about things and buy a million different courses out there. But until you actually sit down and actually do the work, like sit your butt down and do the work, like you're not going to learn anything. So that, that at the end of the day is how I learned how to write. And then as I started taking on clients, well, now I can see like, okay, these types of emails don't really get the best open rates. Why? Okay. These emails, whenever I end it like this, have lower call, like people clicking. Why? Just ask, go, Going and getting feedback from reality as you're putting in the work, that's how you're going to get better. You're not going to find some, I face this all the time within the real world whenever I'm talking to students is they expect to go through a video and like just a lightning bolt hits and everything's different the next day. I'm like, bro, that's not how it works. You're going to have to put in time after time after time. Maybe it's going to take a week. Maybe it's going to take a month. Like I had a a 14 year old, he was 13 when he started. And I believe I talked about the story on, on Darren's pod, so I'll keep it a little short. Essentially, 14, and he made $6,000 writing emails versus I've got this, and this was in a matter of like two months, I believe, versus I've got another guy that's in his mid-20s. It's like, no, Dylan, I'm, I'm going to quit. I went through all of your courses, and I can't figure it out. I was like, watch this video. And he came back. He was like, he was really 14? I was like, yes, he was 14. And are you saying that a 14-year-old can work harder than you and is smarter than you. He's like, no. And I was like, go through the, the content again, follow the action steps, stick to the simple steps. It's literally called the simple steps. And then come back to me after you've actually applied it. And then he moved forward and got success. But a lot of people, they just expect for something to fall into their lap instead of, okay, here's the information. Now let me actually take action. And I mean, that's how I've acquired that skill. 
One of the most interesting things about the society we live in nowadays is that we're drowning in more knowledge and information than before. Yes. But there's a huge lack of action off the back of that. Mm-hmm. And some people may be joining your course, joining the real world, or they pay a personal trainer. They think that's enough because yeah. I've now I've paid my money. Where's my result? Where's mm-hmm. my outcome? But there's obviously a process to follow within yeah. that. It's not just a case of cash exchange, immediate outcome. And you were talking about maybe your friends that you see that have a fantastic lean physique and they, they, they can bang out 30 pull-ups and they look fantastic. The most interesting thing is that if somebody gave somebody that body overnight, they would never keep it because they have no idea how they got there. They don't understand the process. Maybe they understand the process in terms of the, the, the method behind it, but they haven't followed the process before. The same you see with a lot of lottery winners. They go broke within years. Um, a massive number of Premier League football players in, in, in the UK, they're bankrupt within four or five years after playing because they have no idea how they've earned that money. It's almost like it's like you, you, you probably see it as well with like some of the guys that blew up during, during the kind of last crypto bull run. Mm-hmm. They had no idea what to do with this kind of money because they hadn't followed the process off the back yeah. of it. They hadn't felt like they had earned it in the same way that somebody who has iterated on the scale and built that up over time has followed. And I think joining the dots between maybe listening to a podcast like this one and then actioning two or three things off the back of even one thing off the back of one episode, you're mm-hmm. probably going to find that compounds over time. And I, I must I must shout out James uh, Clear's Atomic Habits on almost every third podca- podcast <laughs> that I do. I, I, I do, Dylan, but I'm a huge fan of like behavior change and how you shape that. And every time you take an action, it's a vote for the type of identity of person that you want to become thereafter. So the kind of person that buys uh, into your into your um, into the real world and takes one of your courses within it and and has you as their professor, that's an action in the right direction. Of course it is. But by then actioning one of the simple steps within the course, mm-hmm. that's them moving closer to the identity of becoming a freelancer, becoming a copywriter. Each time they write a new blog, you're becoming yes. a new copywriter. And I've actually heard you speak about how you changed your identity as a copywriter through the uniform that you would wear as well when you write. And I yeah. think that's another fascinating habit that people can have as well. So I know that I wear particular things when I have particular calls with different types of clients within my corporate job. I wear particular clothing when I'm doing the podcast. I wear particular clothing when I'm going to train, whatever yeah. it is. I think there is a huge part of we create these different habits and behaviors around our identity and all links into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, like, Example, this is the new hat. It's not what I used to do back in the day, but literally I put this hat on still to this day, whenever I'm sitting down, like if I'm just writing out an an email, I don't have to worry about it. But even to this day, I still use this whole concept of having a uniform. Uh, But on my end, I'll summarize the story. I was like, whenever I go into a job and I put on this name tag and I put on the the shirt, yes, sir. Oh, yeah, you can find it on aisle six. Like You just become this new person. As soon as you take it off and anybody's watching this that has a job, you know what I'm talking about. Whenever you clock out, take that name tag off, take the shirt off, then you become you again. Like It's different. So on my end, I was like, how can I use this to help me? Because I used to believe in writer's block and I would sit down and look at a blank screen. So I started anchoring because I, st- I started studying this whole concept of like anchoring emotions. It's like, why don't I just anchor my sitting down to write? with putting on a watch and putting on a hat. And I created my uniform. I would only wear that hat and that watch at the same time whenever I was doing that specific task. Uh, Because like you were just saying, you do that for a gym, for the gym. So for anybody that's watching this, if let's say you're doing any kind of freelancing, I want you to go today and create some kind of uniform. It could be a shirt. On my end, I like the hat because you put it on and you're like focused, you're in the zone. So I do recommend a hat if you're doing any kind of creative stuff. 
but I want you to like have certain tasks that you anchor that uniform for. So whenever you're in business mode, work mode, you wear a uniform. If you could do it for a, a nine to five job, why can't you do it for yourself to help you make more money and to get into that state of mind? Because it's, at the end of the day, it's all in your mind. It's the emotions you have around it. Like something that I allowed to hold me back forever is I didn't feel like I was good enough uh, whenever I was sitting down to write, especially even emails for clients. So you have to get through that, get through the emotion, put on that uniform and look at it like a job. Uh, like at, at the end of the day, like maybe, maybe I still have slave programming. I don't know, but I, I like looking at things like a job. It helps me. It, it creates parameters, rules of engagement and all of that. Uh, so, and that's where the uniform really comes in and it'll, it'll help you, whether it's from a fitness standpoint or whether it's waking up example, this is a type of uniform. Whenever I first wake up in the morning, my girl makes it, me a cup of coffee. I've got a certain uh, cup that I use that I drink my coffee out of. That's a certain type of uniform you're anchoring. So like create uniforms and create things that you can anchor to positive emotions. And that over time will help you recreate your identity. And this is kind of a tangent, uh, but something hit me the other day and like disagree with me or agree with me. It doesn't matter. But I realized that the present moment is literally like the past, like all the actions you've taken over the past month, two months, two, two years has now created the reality you're living in now. So I'm starting to actually view the present as nothing more than almost like this middle ground of the past and the future. So something that I use, and it's why I've got such a great work ethic, and regardless of what's going on on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't get hampered down. It's like today, as long as I just take the right actions, I guarantee that my future is going to be better. As an example, I know for a fact, if I do 100 push-ups today, and I, I lift some weights, and I eat well tomorrow, the next day, and it, it just keeps compounding. And if I keep that up, at some future point, maybe I'll look as good as you. Like, so that's how I'm starting to view reality. And I, I've, I've been testing on some students of mine because they, the students inside the real world, they'll ask me primarily like obviously freelancing, flipping questions, but sometimes mindset as well. And I, I've been running this through and like, since they started adopting this view of reality, they don't find as much self-doubt creeping in all the time. They don't feel as much pressure. It's like, wow, like everything I'm, if I'm not happy with where I'm at now, it's because of the decisions I made yesterday, the day before, the day before. So if I want to have a better future, I just need to focus on taking positive actions today. I mean, would you agree with that? You're speaking my language in in, in a large, large way. The one caveat I'll, I'll put and we'll put a pin in it is I think people struggle to be present in the present moment a lot of the time. But this framework is really healthy because, as you say, the person that you are in six months time, a year's time are all off the back of the actions that you took today. Mm -hmm. It's again, to, to uh, not to go into many tangents, but in my sales job, there's a particular team that was underperforming and we got asked to go in and performance manage it. And so many of them were like forecasting particular numbers for July and August. And I was saying like, the reason these are so low is because of the work that you did in April and May, because the lead time on the different conversions of the clients are much longer than you just making a couple of calls next week. Yeah. And then your August number suddenly looking brilliant. Like that's mm -hmm. the reality of things. So what you did in the past is massively important in the same way, my ability to podcast with somebody like yourself and have a great conversation and ask insightful questions and, and summarize some of the lessons that you're bringing forward has been iterated over three years. So yep. if you podcasted with me right at the start, we would have a good conversation, but not as good as the one we're going to release to the audience today because of the ability to me have practiced over that period yep. of time. So 2023 Colin is more skilled at the mic than 2020 Colin. Of course right. he is because he's done the work during that time. I also really like from a fitness perspective, as you say, you again, you've linked to like 100 press-ups today is going to be healthier. So in the same way, you see that classic meme 
you've got the escalator and you've got the stairs in the shopping center and you've got everyone in the matrix if you want to say on the escalator and you've got one guy taking the stairs because his framework is if i take the stairs i'm going to be healthier in my old age i'm going to yeah. be better in my old age i'm going to be more able to react to situations because i'm more agile and more fit that's a really healthy framework to take so a lot of the time you can like maybe like pick the harder choice sometimes so the harder mm-hmm. choice for you first thing in the morning is to have your coffee and get to work on writing whatever it is for the day or producing a new course or answering things from students that are going to help move them forward. Whereas you could pick up your phone, scroll TikTok, scroll Instagram, move across to Twitter, don't know, watch porn, whatever it is, whatever is the easy out, you could take that. But by taking actions that are away from that, that are in alignment with the kind of Dylan that you want to be, it puts you in that place. So no, I I think you're speaking my language in in many, many ways in terms of the actions that we take are going to shape the future self. Yeah, hundred percent, bro. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, that got that got me fired up. But I, I, I love that. One of the big things about your story that interests me is just how powerful your network is. You're part of the real world now. You're one of the professors within that as well. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've done to develop your network over the years? Yeah, so I mean, like most people that are probably watching this, whenever you first get started, you don't really have much to offer, and I could have allowed that to hold my hold me back back in the day. But then I realized I was like, well, I've got. I noticed that a lot of these guys are busy. I've got plenty of time. I've got lots of energy. I've always got ideas. Why don't I just give them my time? And like a, a lot of people, they have the sense of arrogance. So they expect to get paid right up front. They expect to be given everything. I was like, why don't I just give? I've, I've got years and years and years ahead of me. I, I like these people. They're interesting. Like they, I can definitely obviously learn something from them. Why don't I just give my my time and just find any little way that I can be of value? And this is a, a big part of it was a lot of people, they come in and they just, hey, Dylan, how can I help you? Hey, Dylan, I've got this great idea. Like, cool. I, I don't care. I'm too busy. I've got people that I, I pay every single month to help me. I've got an amazing team. Like, I, I don't need just more ideas and more. Oh, hey, do this. Take some initiative. So on my end, I took the initiative. I would I wouldn't expect like if I reached out to you, I wouldn't say, Hey, here are some ideas for emails. I would reach out and say, Hey, here are some emails that I wrote for you. If you want me to edit them at all, let me know, but you can use them to sell this product. Like I took the initiative and I just did that time and time again. And then as I started doing that, people started taking notice of me and started giving me random opportunities like Ed Lattimore. I have to this day, I I, I don't know why. And I asked him about it. And he's like, Oh yeah, it's just because you're one of the homies. I was like, Oh, wow. But he put me at like essentially in charge of his marketing for one of his books that ended up becoming a bestseller to this. Once again, until I asked him about it, I had no idea. I was like, why did he pick me? It was just because I was that random dude in his DMs constantly offering value, 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 value. Uh, oh, yeah, sure. I'll help you with an event. Oh, yeah, I'll do this. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, you need a photographer? Great. I got you. Oh, you need some videos edited? I got you. Any little thing I could do to be a value, I did that to him. I did that for Alexander Cortez, Mike Cernovich, Victor Pride, the Tate brothers, every person around me, like even Zuby, like any little way that I can be of value. And even to this day, uh, like people could say, well, now you don't need to do it. So I, I choose to do it because I'm building value. If you give enough and you're not one of those weird people that's just trying to take and take and take or have ill intent, if you're just a genuinely cool person. You are, want to be, with the, be around these people because you find them interesting and you just find ways you can give to them, you're, you're going to win. If you just do that over a long enough time frame, you're going to win. There's no secret to that. I mean, that's how I've built my entire network. I just told you the secrets. I exposed myself. 
I love that secret and uh, I can certainly relate to it. But one of the most interesting things is at the start when you're reaching out, you only have time to offer, as you said. You didn't yep. necessarily have like amazing levels of skills, but the skills were being developed over the time of doing these things, either yep. for free or for very, very low yep. and for the experience. And I guess to share, I'll, I'll, sh I'll share two stories. The, the first of those is the I, ch I, I changed about a year ago, the guy that was doing my clips for the podcast, for TikToks, mm -hmm. for Reels, for Shorts. And he reached out to me and he did exactly what you just said there. I get so many DMs in my request folder being like, bro, would love to edit your short form clips. I can do yeah. a better job than your current editor. And they'll be like, I'll do one for free for you, whatever. This guy instead, 19 year old kid from England, Elliot, absolutely he's doing a brilliant job. You'll be watching this back, picking the clips for it as well. Shut and he, he, he is, he is doing, he, he basically slid into the DMs. And he was like, I saw you did a podcast with this guy i've been following his stuff for years the short form clips from it could be so much better than you've done here's a few ideas that i would do around the uh around the hook around the animations yeah. around the subtitles wow. around the graphics and i was like oh, i was like right you've got my attention what would you do and he was like send me the full file and i'll show you three ways that i would do this these clips differently and i was like right cool did it and since then the number of guests that i have on that i do the clips for off the back of and i share with them mm -hmm. that he's now working with He's now gone full-time doing clips. He's like 19, dropped out of college, doing clips for like all these amazing guys. It, it, it is absolutely amazing. And because he reached out in a way that added value, yes, but not just a way to be like, like you, you, you'll get so many of them yourself, like, hey, bro, are you willing to jump on a call for to talk about this? And you're like, what am I, I talking no about? What am I going to talk to you about? You, you've, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you've provided no value. But the, the other point was, and, and you mentioned a, a few of the people that I've directly benefited from doing that with as well ed latimore zuby and mm. thirdly actually is, is chris williamson who hosts modern wisdom podcast which is one of my favorite podcasts now i've had all three of these people on this show and it was quite early on in the journey when my downloads and reach probably didn't justify having those yeah. particular individuals on but it was because whenever they were sharing content over the years that i resonated with i would send them like detailed feedback on what i gained from it how i valued it in particular yeah. zuby particularly during the c19 stuff when i thought i was the mad one i was reading his content and being like okay there are rational people out there and i would yeah. thank him for it and of course he would get lots and lots of that but doing yeah. it in a way that it was sincere mm -hmm. i had nothing to gain apart yeah. from sharing what i thought of it sharing it with my albeit smaller audience on my instagram was still uh, a vote in the right direction for them so when it came to me having an ask off the back of it come on my show, talk to me for an hour. We'll put it out to my listener base. I'll do the short form clips from it. You'll have content for your profile. Yeah. They were like, I recognize that Cole Cambro guy. Like he's been in my DMs for like two years, like supporting my stuff, giving me sincere feedback. Mm -hmm. Of course I'm going to do his show. Yeah. So I've had three individuals on my show who you'd be less inclined to think would have done it at the stage it was at, at that time, because I had been in their DMs sharing something that was of value and it wasn't just outreach in terms of just ask, 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 and you'll mm -hmm. have it now. Somebody will be like, do you want to come on my podcast? And you're like, bro, I've never seen your stuff before. You've not, you've not given me any reason to do it. And Darren and I have had fantastic success with growing our shows because we've just been outreaching in the right way yeah. over a long period of time. And we've grown it to a stage where it kind of looks after itself now and people are more interested in coming on just because of what you've done off the back of it so i resonate with that so strongly both from the example of elliot who's done an amazing job as a as a, a as a freelance a clips editor but yeah. also myself growing this show and reaching out to guests that you would never have thought of so i love your approach to outreach and i completely agree at times all you have to offer is your time but guess what as you're going through it you're developing skill and look at the skill level that you've got now yeah, bro. That's another, that's actually a really good point that I'm glad you brought up because during that time I was doing everything from graphic design. I was editing videos. 
I started writing blog posts for free and then they started paying me and then I started doing emails and I helped write sales pages and then I turned that into an actual paid service and blah, 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 blah. So like just the simple fact of you reaching out and finding ways to be of service to other people, one, you're building up that good rapport with them. You're building up the energy, like just positive energy out to the world, but you're also actually acquiring skills. So if you're sitting here watching this, you're like, oh man, I, I don't really have any skills. Great. I didn't either. I didn't know what WordPress was. I didn't know what a niche was. I didn't even know what copywriting was. But over time, as I just started finding ways to be of value to people, oh, this could be better. Let me help them with it. And just doing that time and time again, I developed the skills that eventually I ended up obviously having to level up even more, but I at least developed the beginnings of those skills. So just a simple fact of you going out there and building all these amazing connections, regardless of where you're at, take advantage of the assets you have, which right now it's having a lot of time. And then you're going to build up those skill sets that at some point you can turn into an actual service. What enabled you to grow your client base then by the time that you'd started to charge for these different skills that you developed? What was the key driver of that? So, I mean, the first part of what I did, I would not recommend anymore is I just leveraged my blog. I would reach out to people via either the DMs or I would leverage just sending out emails and I would leverage my blog to be like, hey, Obviously, I can write articles. <laughs> you've got you've got hundreds of articles on this website, a few dozen articles on this website, a few dozen articles on this website. Uh, but once I actually started taking the whole freelancing thing seriously, I, I just leveraged the Twitter DMs, and I, I call it the money bag method. Uh, but essentially, it's just leveraging social media to showcase what you can actually do for people, and you use it to build a rapport, and then you can reach out and DM them. I, I mean. What, what else What else are you going to do with the DMs other than talk, communicate with people? Uh, however, a lot of people, the thing that holds them back in the beginning is they think they have to get on the phone with people, which leads back to why I even created the money bag method. I used to be, I used, I guess you call me back in the day an introvert. I hated having to get on a call with people. So it's like, what if I can develop something where I can just DM them and close them in the DMs or maybe get them over onto WhatsApp or texting or whatever and close them that way, which that's, what eventually led to what I now call the money back method. But yeah, bro, I just leveraged Twitter back in the day and then later leveraged Instagram. I dabbled with LinkedIn. I had a small amount of success with LinkedIn. I, I didn't put enough energy into it, but I literally just leveraged my following on Twitter, my audience on Instagram. Uh, however, the Twitter account I've got now is not the original one. I, I think I've, one of them got banned and then I lost access to the other. Uh, so back in the day, I would literally just talk, I would showcase, like I would have like a penned thread of different things, like emails that I'd written for other people, positive testimonials. I mean, it's very straightforward. Uh, that That's what I recommend for anybody that's watching this is like, you can literally just showcase what you're doing in real time on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're on LinkedIn, you could literally go and find people that are all posting job offers and be like, hey, here's what I'll do for you. Here's some examples of the work I've done. I'm not interested and like being like working for you, but I, I like we can, you can be a client of mine and you can re redo a deal like that. So you're not working as a nine to five worker, you're a freelancer, you'll do it faster, you'll do it better. And you have proof of concept. Uh, so, I mean, there's a million different ways you can go out and leverage social media now. Yeah. It's, it's such a huge case of show don't tell and you're yep. just constantly giving the receipts and the different work, particularly stuff that maybe relates to their niche or relates to something that they've, they've related to as well. Mm. One of the, the the funniest bits of content that I've seen from yourself, and I completely, completely agree with it, but I want to get into it is you said, at this point, if you're not rich, you should care zero about filling your brain with what's happening in other countries, psych ops, and knowing everything about conspiracies. Use your brain to stack up skills and money bags first. 
why do you think people are letting themselves get so distracted by mm -hmm. all these things going on externally? Uh, I'd say partly, I mean, the, I mean, think about the dopamine that we get from that. And then you can, it's easy to spend eight hours watching all these videos and reading all these tweets and going down thread rabbit holes, learning all these conspiracies and all that. And it makes you feel like you have an edge over other people. But the reality is, is well, you're poor, you're super overweight, or maybe you're super skinny, whatever it is, like you're, you don't have your life in order. So why should you even worry about it? Uh, but in today's world, I mean, it, it gives you once again, like, and I'm speaking for myself, I used to be one of those guys, I was partly writing to my old self. Back in the day, I would know anything and everything about conspiracies and religions and all that type of stuff. But I was poor. I was like 285 pounds. And then you can live like that. And you can just literally absorb all that information. But what is it actually giving you outside of anxiety and a bunch of other stuff? Like maybe cool. It's a conversation piece for like people like us, maybe. But outside of that, what are you really getting from? You're not getting anything. And if you just focus on instead, it's going to take work. I know some of you watching this, you're like, oh, work. Oh, I don't want to do it. It's going to take some work. It's a little bit harder than just reading about all these conspiracies and coming up with your massive theories that don't really mean anything. Instead, you take your brain and you build an actual skill set or you can do something easy, which is flipping. You go and start like there's a product in your room right now, somewhere in your room that you can go and list right now and within a few days make some money. Like you can make money so easily in today's world, but take your brain power and apply it to getting better in the gym, having better relationships, spend more time with your family, travel the world a little bit, acquire skills that will make you money. And I can guarantee you, you're not going to care nearly as much as you do about all this nonsense that's going on around the world. Because um, sure, you should be interested in what's going on so you can be aware. But if you're poor, if you're unhappy, if you don't have the life that you want, you're literally just giving your energy to whatever they are, whoever they are, you're just giving your energy to them instead of giving your energy to yourself, making yourself stronger, making yourself richer, so that you can take care of your family. Like, Sure, you can have all the information in the world about whatever conspiracies are happening, but if your mom calls you and needs like to go to the hospital, oh, well, I, I can tell you all day about what's going on in Ukraine and what's actually going on over here. They're like, uh, yeah, I don't care about that, sir. Just send $50,000. Uh, I'm, I'm poor. Okay, so focus on actually acquiring skills. I mean, your, your life, the people around you, is going to be a thousand times better. <laughs> It's the priority principle, isn't it? Yes. Put, put first, first things first. And if we're looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and that kind of classic pyramid shape, nowhere on that pyramid falls in the ability to <laughs> be able to articulate yourself about the most deep, dark conspiracies. And, and I do think there's an element of, if we hark back to that T-shirt of yours that said, wake up, there's an importance around waking up to certain yep. conspiracies and being aware of maybe what's going on in the wider world dynamics around centralization, control, globalization, all these kind of different themes that have played a massive role over the last three years. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, even in this framework of perhaps us moving towards a society that we don't want to move towards, there's still winners. And if yeah. you look at where you've got to in the last three years, you've been winning because you've, of course, had some sort of awareness of what's going on in the wider narrative, mm -hmm. but iterated on the skills that you've got, created products, created services, sold those off the back of it and opted out and, um, in, in, a, in a couple of weeks time i'll release a podcast with a gentleman called uh, andrew craig who's a, a uk economist and he laughs about the state of the economy and the fiscal policy over the last few years whether the government's been left-wing right-wing centrist whatever the fiscal policy has been 
absolutely bonkers and we're heading for some potential financial troubles yeah. in, the, in, in the world system. But his overall message is a message of positivity because by choosing to listen to this podcast, by choosing to read books about this topic, by choosing to take action on it in terms of setting up your finances and your investments and your business and your life, you can escape much of the pain that other people might experience off the back of that. And that's tragic for those people. Yeah. But you don't need to be one of those people that is financially fucked. You can be in a good position that's, that, that's, that's much, much healthier by taking action in the right direction. So in the same way, you might know, oh, this particular thing's going on that's nonsense to what the news is really reporting. I don't agree with it. Mm -hmm. Okay, but how does that impact you overall? And if you haven't ticked the most important boxes first, like mm -hmm. your financial well-being, that the safety of those uh, yourself and those around you, then why are you spending so much time as a proportion of your day on yep. these things that don't pay you, that don't put you in the right position? Yeah, 100%, bro. And it, like you were saying earlier, there's always going to be winners. And if you Sure, you can take, you can absorb all this information. You can be up to date on what's going on, but like you have to understand. Once again, there's always going to be winners. There's always going to be losers. And I don't know about you, but on, on my end, I know on your end as well. I would rather stack as many cards in my favor, not only for my own self interest, but for the like my girl, for my mom, for my dad, for my all my siblings, etc. I want my family to be good. So if I spend all this time learning everything about this conspiracy, it's taking time away from me becoming richer, working on the businesses that I've got, making sure that my team's doing what they need to be doing, making sure that I'm even thinking big enough. Maybe I've been thinking small, maybe I could think bigger so I can take that information of what's going on in the world and then I guess flip it into a positive for lack of better words. And then also, regardless of what happens in the globalization of this world and where we're going, you can always go somewhere else into a different economy, into a different world. I've already got a handful of countries that I'll, I know that I'll go to if this certain thing happens or if this certain thing happens. I know all the different countries I'll go to. I already have connections there. I've got bank accounts. I've got all that. Uh, but if I sat on Twitter all day, just re going through, they're very interesting. I will put it out. They are very interesting threads. But if I spent all my time just scrolling on Twitter all day, reading about all this stuff, it would be taking time away from making sure, okay, yet we've got this residency set up. Okay, cool. I've got this, these connections here. Okay, clients are being fulfilled and actually implement or improving my life and not only my life, but the life of my team and of my family. That's such a good point when it comes to the freedom that you've bought yourself through levels of discipline and focus in areas that have set you up now for that ability to move around the world if you need to. I know you've lived in Paraguay, you've named countless yeah. other countries in the, the, that you've lived in as well. And being in Dubai just now, as you say, if something politically shifted there, you're like, okay, well, that means that I'm going to go over here. And yep. it won't cause too much pain because of the systems and the process that I've built in behind myself that I'm aware of. And of course, you might be aware of the particular political shift that would mean you would want to leave Dubai, but only on the level that it means it would impact you, not in exactly. terms of like the, the minutia and the detail. And as we, as we said before, you're a professor within the real world. You're connected um, really well with the with the Tates. And I actually think that some people can get too involved in what's going on in their story just now as well and like almost be like too in, immersed in like the details of the case and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Whereas if you spoke to people and you if you watch any of their, their recent videos, they're actually focused on 
impacting the world in a positive sense and they're leaving the intricacies of the case to their lawyers because that's who's exactly. going to get them out of the situation <laughs> not what they're maybe doing in terms of on their day reading reading different threads so while i think lots of people are kind of brainwashed by the mainstream media as well they're maybe spending too much time reading things about uh, other creators or other business people they admire and you're like okay that's cool you know everything about what's going on with the evidence and everything like that and, yeah. and you're you're a big supporter of andrew and you hope that he's he, he's okay off the back of it and you hope that he's found innocent but he would probably want you to be investing in yourself and investing in your freedom because when they come for you you're not going to have the power of the tates to to stand up to it which i think is an interesting uh, kind of juxtaposition that we've ended up in yeah 100 i mean I, I talk to him every day and like he's just so pumped up with all the things that we're doing all the lives are being changed and like at the end of the day like he would rather you work hard and make yourself impenetrable unfit be able to be unfazed by things like that and take care of your family and sit on Twitter all day or where YouTube, wherever it is, just learning every little detail because you knowing all this information is not actually going to do anything. That what could be positive is you show to the world that I I took on this philosophy that he preaches. I made my life better. Like there's a, a kid that went through the freelancing campus and I think it was BBC. It was some big, it was like, a, this was last year, actually. They interviewed him. He was talking about how he joined the real world he went through the freelancing campus and he was able to retire his mom and the person that was, she was talking to a kid tried to reframe it into how he was almost like misogynistic or whatever. And that, that's just further proof that Andrew and everything he represents is bad because why does your mother need you to take care of her? And he's like, she doesn't need me to take care of her. I, I feel it's my duty. I mean, this is stuff that Andrew Tate preaches all the time. I, it's my duty to take care of my mom. It's like, no, no, you're, you've adopted this patriarchal. I was just like, oh my gosh, like ignore those types of people and just focus on becoming your best version. That's the only thing you can do. Like just focus on becoming your best version. If you're a true supporter of Andrew, if you're a true supporter of the real world, focus on becoming your best version. Don't focus on all these little details. Let his legal team do what they're amazing at doing and just focus on yourself and come as successful as you can. So true. When it comes to being successful, I know you don't like the word trying to be successful. Why is that? Because trying, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll try to do this. I'll try to do that. And it actually is inspired by a family member of mine who tried to do this. Oh, yeah, I'll try to do that. It's just all the time. That's all they say. I'll try. I'll either do it or you don't. Like You either are going to go through the simple steps. You're going to go through and acquire skill. And build up the experience may and even flip if you need some like quick cash do some something to like flip a product or two to get that the quick cash in but or don't i don't care you can either stay where you're at now or you can actually go out and do it like if you just try 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 like i could say you could be talking to me at the 285 pounds let's say i never lost the weight oh yeah bro you know i'm trying to lose all this weight uh, yeah I've, I've i've started trying this one diet no I, whenever I saw myself back then and what I looked like, I was so embarrassed that I had no other option but to lose weight. And it's the same with everything you want in your life. If you stay in this mentality of I'm just going to try to do this, try to do that, you're never going to amount to anything. Anything in this world that you actually want, you need to put your full power into. Otherwise, you're not going to really get as much of a result out of it. Like if you're going to suffer, like if you're going to go through and diet train in the gym, you're going to stress yourself out instead of just clocking in and out of a job. Instead, you're going to build the skill. If you're going to suffer, you may as well get the max result out of it, the max outcome. And the only way you're going to do that is if you just stop saying try, just take that, leave it in the garbage. <laughs> Completely agree, Dylan. And it's, uh, 
it's a theme that we've spoken about throughout this episode, action taking, of course, use the time to upskill, take on the information, learn from others, network really well. But your story is one of relentless action off the back of that and work ethic off the back of that. And it's been great to to hear how you've applied that and the things that you've built. And I think we've only scratched the surface. And when I'm out in Dubai later this year, I hope we can get together in the in one of the studios and and and, and have a round too. I think I would really enjoy that. I'm sure that the listeners would as well. If they want to continue the conversation with you, where should they head to? towards to get connected uh, i mean the two best places either on youtube just type in dylan madden look for the handsome bald guy or go over to twitter and type in at moneybag lives fantastic dylan those will both be linked in the show notes below thank you so much for joining me and thank you to you the listener i'll be back to speak to you all again very very soon <laughs>